0: Thanks for joining us and welcome to episode 12 of the Boys of Tech. I'm Edwin Herman, introducing my co-host, Brett King. Welcome. Howdy. Brett, are you all chocolated out from Easter?
1: I didn't actually have any chocolate over this Easter break. Oh, really? Well, actually, no, I did. I I had a cherry ripe, but that was it. I'm I'm trying to cut back on the chocolate.
0: well, yeah. It (laughs) gets a bit much after a while, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember the days, the good old days, when when we used to have real eggs. We used to decorate, you know, as kids. Yes, really. yeah. Did you do that as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd poke the hole in two sides of it and then blow out the internal stuff and then, you know, dry it and paint it. Yep. I remember
0: those. Those were the yep. days. <laughs> kids don't seem to do that these days anymore. No,
1: no. Possibly, you know, a kindergarten, but...
0: Not much nowhere fiction, else. No, no. <laughs> All righty. Well, you know, because of Easter, well, I think it's because of Easter. It's been a very short week. We've only really got four stories to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we'd kick off with the Associated Press story. That's, yep. that's the one where Associated Press is basically launching a campaign against what they call internet misappropriation. So they they're basically cracking down on bloggers and podcasters like ourselves who report stories carried... Or at least originally reported by Associated Press. Mm. So I guess they're getting a bit tough because they're finding it tough these days. Are we stealing all their their, their thunder? Is that how what's happening?
1: It's yeah, yeah. It's it kind of like that. The with the, the 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 slow agonizing death of printed publications and most people getting their news from the internet these days. Um. The, the press have had to change the way that they've been doing things. And yeah, it's it's all part of all of the different things about the internet is a new, well, it's been around for ages now, but for a lot of places, it's taking a while for them to catch on that the way things happen on the internet is not the way that things used to happen in printed material.
0: No, you can't take your old-school model and just apply it to the internet, eh? You you no, have to adapt
1: model. to it. Yeah. it is, that's not – you're never going to work that way. And if that's what you try and do, then, well, serves you right for going under, in, in my opinion. You've got to adapt.
0: So do you think Associated Press are being fair, that they're just protecting their own ground? After all, they're the ones who do the hard work in reporting the stories, and then, I guess – I guess they're really yes. calling people like ourselves and bloggers leeches and, you know, just reporting stories. They're getting the audience. Uh yet yeah, Associated Press have done all the work in reporting it and they don't get any credit for it. Well, yeah, they they do kind of have a point.
1: It's it's that part of the the, the whole internet thing is community and people talking and anybody can do anything. Sort of mentality of it. And it is. It is. It's, yeah, I think they do have a point. They are the ones that do the legwork. They're the ones spending the money to send the reporters out to find out this information or go to different places and those sorts of things. And then somebody just comes along and reads an article and then puts it up somewhere else. That's, yeah, You without crediting it or without having anything like that, then that is, you know, not really on. I think ourselves we you know we're commenting on stories. We're not reporting stories. So we're not actually reporting we, news exactly. So we are.
0: We're not, not so bad. doing.
1: We're not doing <laughs> that bad. <laughs> well, we're not doing anything bad, really. We're doing uh, commentary on the hot news, not reporting the hot news. It's like we don't talk directly about all of the different ins and outs, quotations, or anything like that. It's, no,
0: no. It's it's yeah. more our, our commentary, our um, our spin, our ideas, that kind of thing. That's yeah. what we're doing. But there are there are blogs out there that that are effectively news feeds, if you like. That yep often just ripping off. Well, I don't want to use the word ripping off, actually, but, you know, they're effectively just re-reporting stories that were originally reported by Associated Press, and, you know, they've Mm. they've done all the hard work. But on the other hand, surely they are getting recognised for it when they sell their stories to papers and other places, so...
1: Yeah, they are, but with, uh, as we said, with the, the decrease in printed material... And the printed media, it's...
0: Yeah, it's harder and harder to cutting. Do it. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. cutting into their margins. So if we want good news, you do have to pay for it.
0: I sometimes worry that one day no one's going to bother reporting the news. No one's going to have reporters out there anymore because there's really not much in it.
1: Yeah, it's either going to get to that way unless they can put some sort of control around it. I, It's... It's a sad state <laughs> to get into.
0: They've done some weird things. We've, we've, there were some reports some time ago. I think that bloggers were going to be charged fees for for quotations and stuff. Yeah, that that that's ridiculous.
1: Quoting a, a story as long as it's properly referenced, you don't charge a fee for that. I don't get charged a fee if I quote a story in something I write or in something I say. I don't even think they can,
0: can they? Isn't they no, you use?
1: can't. It's fair use. It is absolutely covered under fair use. And what they're going after here is coming under misappropriation instead of copyright infringement. Whereas their threats to sue bloggers and their tussles with um Google etc for news aggregating is about copyright infringement what they're now talking about is misappropriation so tell us, is tell us about a,
0: misappropriation what's what's the the difference
1: it's a it's a legal concept that basically gives the news organization a short term monopoly on their story that they've gotten, uh, it came out of um, I think the end of uh, World War Two, when there were news agencies wiring back stories from the front and from being you know um, in Europe back to America, and other people were getting hold of those wired stories and were just rewriting them and p- publishing them out as their own. And so that's where it came from. It's that,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so they get they they get a short term. It's a little bit like a patent in a way, yeah. They get a short term. Yeah, st- it's, they, it, it's, it's really difficult in for the press
1: because you can't copyright a press story because it's facts. News is not copyrightable. You can't
0: because it, it's it, it's, d- it's what happened. It's fact. Yeah, it's what happened. Yeah. It's fact. You cannot copyright. Well, no, fact. hang on. You can copyright the. The story, just not the fact,
1: the story, but not the facts behind it, right. Which is why the misappropriation came in because if you got the story off the wire and you rewrote it completely, right, then you would be presenting the story, the news, the facts, but not using any of the actually copyrightable stuff, right. such so, as the story. So, so they get exclusive- you're getting away from it. Yeah, And that's what this came out of a case between two rival agencies, I think Associated Press and somebody else. And the outcome of that was the creation of misappropriation, which if I'm the news agency and I've paid all the money to get, get the facts, then for a short amount of time, I'm the only one allowed to report those facts so from it, my sources.
0: Do, is there a, a a defined time limit or is it just – I'm sure there is.
1: There's bound to be. There's, there's no way you could have had it as being you know, a not confined time because right. it's a short term monopoly. It's not saying that you know, in a week's time I can't produce a story based on news, which I've gotten not of somebody else. It's just that in that point in time, I cannot take somebody else's news source and create a story from that news source unless I have some sort of relationship with the news source.
0: I kind of do feel for Associated Press because, and, yeah, and, and yeah, others it, as well. But you know they've got reporters out there in the field. They're paying them, and they're yeah. reporting these stories that that then get re-reported. And it's kind of in a way not fair. But yeah, um, yeah, it's, they, they, they did they you know. did have a go at Google though as well. You you mentioned that just before. They actually had a go at, at news aggregators as well. Mm. For for a different reason though, wasn't it? Wasn't it just copyright? Yeah, it was just
1: copyright. Yeah, the, the copyright over over their headlines, because all Google does is like produces the headline and a few lines of the, the the lead into the story, and then links you to the original news source. So, yeah, I think that sort of thing is silly for them to go after, because that is news aggregators like that. They're not giving you all the news. You actually have to click on the sort, click on the link to get the yeah, actual you have to news go to that item, site, yeah. and it takes yeah. you to the original news source. It's not like Google is hosting all of the news themselves. It's not like they're no,
0: they're just driving you know, traffic. It's not
1: like they are misappropriating other people's news stories, no. Hosting it themselves and then presenting it without you know paying any fees or anything. Those sorts of news aggregation, yes, and bloggers who are making commentaries on a news story as long as they are linking to the original news story without representing the news story should not be gone gone after either but then i think the associated press have a definite point in if a blogger re submits a news story you know broadcasts a news story without uh, you know linking to the source that they got it from because they read it from the morning paper or whatever and they're just rebroadcasting the news then they are breaking the law and they they haven't gone out and done any of the actual work for it. They don't deserve any of the credit for it and they shouldn't do it. So there is, there is a right and a wrong way to do these things.
0: It's a hugely dynamic area at the moment. Yeah. Very very dynamic. The other story I wanted to talk about is the, uh, we talked about, I think a couple of episodes ago, the French, Uh, version of New Zealand Section 92A. Well, I shouldn't really call it that because I'm sure they came up up with it um, on their own. But what it was is is basically a three-strikes law that sees people who have allegedly been breaching copyright Cut off from internet. Uh, these are, we're talking in France here, uh, mm-hmm. and they, there's a there's a body set up, isn't there, to administer all that and to ensure that you can't just hop from ISP to ISP when you're indeed, blocked, indeed. You, you you, blocked. You are nation nationwide.
1: <laughs> with a, a a neat little acronym that you are quite proud of. I, oh,
0: I want to call. I want to say it again. Yeah, Hadopi. Yep. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to have to say it in every episode now. <laughs> yeah, Hadopi, that's right. H-A-D-O-P-I. So now you two manager Paul McGuinness has more or less come out and said that's the way it should be done. And, well, I think we kind of
1: sort of agree with him from what we were talking about last time when we were talking about Hadopi in that it's almost right. It's almost got it right. If they added in burden of proof – then they'd have something that would be good, something that could quite possibly be the way to go. But without that burden of proof, it's still lacking. It's still, that, it's still got that added edge of unfairness about it. It's not quite fair.
0: I don't quite understand why the – they, Well, it's, basically McGinnis, it's not you 2 remember. Well, no, it's not you 2 It's the manager, true. Yeah. But what's well, – it's effectively, you two, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, actually, no. You're right. It's not. It's not at all. I mean, you, you often do get artists who who disagree, you know, with some of the decisions made, you know, further up the chain. So, mm. no, you're right. It's not you two. It's 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 Paul McGuinness yeah. who, yeah. who happens to be their manager. So they, they well, they seem to think it's it's the right way to go. I'm like you say, if it had burden of proof, it would be you know ten times better. That that would yep. be pretty good, really. And I think. You know, no, very few people would disagree with that model. You know, mm. if you have proved to have bre- breached copyright uh, and it's been proved on a number of occasions, then, right, you're off the internet for a year or so and yep. you can't get back on. That's kind of, that's a bit like drink driving, you know, after some repeat offences, you get yep. your license taken off. In fact, indeed, or maybe but, on the first day, <laughs> I don't know, but
1: that's a really good analogy to have because it's exactly the same thing. It's a, a f- you know um repeat offenses and you get your internet license suspended for a year or or however long it is only a temporary disconnection it is not you are disconnected forever but going along with that drunk driving analogy there is proof that you were drunk
0: yeah you can't just
1: allege that someone Indeed. they will have had they would have Done a blood, a test, blood test to yeah. prove that you were drunk. <laughs> <I> imagine <laughs> you would have been caught and <laughs> had blood tests taken. <laughs> imagine if
0: we had the 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 current situation with drunk with you know drink driving. So you just phone the police and say, "Hey, uh, I think Brent's been drink driving. I saw him at the pub earlier, and I saw him driving a little bit later." i don't know how much he had, but I think he's drink driving, and then the cops come round and you know you get your, you get a ticket or you get a fine, and the next time you you know you get your license suspended, imagine that mm. and then you'd have to go to court and prove somehow retrospectively that no you you didn't. You'd have to take a blood test. Of I don't know. Yeah, well, you couldn't. Yeah,
1: how would you? Re- you well, couldn't retrospectively prove that you weren't drunk last Friday
0: night. <laughs> no. Although, <laughs> although I think it's that's where the analogy breaks down because with the internet, you do have lo- Well, your ISP has logs, whereas you know, obviously, with driving, you know, blood alcohol levels, Indeed. there are no logs. But, but
1: there is that. There is still that. Burden of proof. Yeah, it, it shows how silly it is. must yeah. be proved <laughs> before you can be convicted. Oh, yeah. And in, in this situation as well, you must be proved before you can be convicted. It's not a three, three times being alleged, you know, three allegations being leveled against you and then you get disconnected. It should be three proven occurrences of you, you know, breaching copyright law that then you get disconnected.
0: Yeah, it should, it should
1: be. be. Burden of proof. No allegations.
0: Yeah, it's too easy otherwise. Yeah, it's
1: too easy for big music or big movie <laughs> to just stand over and say, we say he does. So disconnect him and, yeah.
0: Maybe a rival. Nobody st- Maybe. Nobody's
1: sticking up for the little guy. Yeah. that's Yeah. <laughs> that is completely ridiculous and completely unfair. Yeah. Because it is unfair you, you- on the little guy.
0: You might have a rival uh you know record company just trying to shut you down because you know you're making a name for yourself or they think you're starting to make a name for yourself, and they think oh that's easy we'll We'll shut this person off the internet, which will effectively disable them for a while in terms of their music career as well yeah. Um, I mean I'm not saying that's happened but it just it just it's, leaves it open for that so why it, why, it leaves it open why for do all that?
1: kinds of abuse yeah, yeah. big uh, the big record labels punishing you know independent artists by saying oh he's stealing copyrighted material or whatever to knock off a popular independent artist, you, who knows what sort of underhanded sort of tactics this sort of unfair law could allow? <laughs> yeah, especially
0: in the music industry, because they're, they're not exactly the renowned for industry. being little angels either, are they? No, no,
1: they the. the the big music companies, well, the the organisation <laughs> of big music does not have a very good track record no. of l- looking out for the little guy.
0: <laughs> track record, I like it. No pun intended, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. All righty. So, uh, well, that's that one. Uh, the story number three of four. This is going to be a very quick show. Uh, spies apparently have hacked into the U.S. electricity grid. They reckon that p- possibly the Chinese have attempted to map out the, the infrastructure in the U.S., uh, stuff like electricity, water, and so on. Uh, and they, they also think possibly the Russians have as well. Do you think this mm. is true or, or just paranoia? It's, it
1: doesn't surprise me, really. <laughs> it really does not surprise me.
0: Why would they want to do that?
1: Well, They're not well, war me, with them. Just get in there to map it out? Haven't you seen Die Hard 4? I thought I thought they made it quite clear in that movie. <laughs> it, very Hollywood style, but... I think I
0: yeah. saw Die Hard 3 and that was it.
1: <laughs> well, Die Hard 4, the main underlying plot for it is the fire sale. If you want to destabilise something, you have to take out everything. And, well, how can you take out anything if you don't know about it? So
0: Yeah, but these countries aren't at war with the US. It's, it's not no, like- they're not.
1: But then the the US isn't at war with them but you don't think the US have agents in those countries feeding them information you don't think there are you know
0: yeah i think yeah okay
1: large part- yeah. <laughs> there are large departments in every go- in almost every government of of every country in the world and their entire job is <laughs> information gathering intelligence organizations
0: so they're not actually doing anything, they're just information gathering. One day it might be used, who knows yeah. if things change. one yeah. day it
1: might be used, one day it might not be. But, but it's
0: yeah. valuable information to have in case yeah. you want to, you know. In case
1: you want to do something yeah. or you need to, yeah, you want to find out if they're got doing anything else.
0: So this is happening over the internet. and You can tell it, I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Indeed, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some truth to that as well. And this is this is actually happening happening over the internet. And I think in the, some episodes before we 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 made the analogy uh, before with other stories on how the landscape has changed a lot. A lot of the war mm. and espionage and, and all that has moved, Well, not really moved, but it has been duplicated, if you like. Yeah, I'm sure I'll it's like. happening as well in, in, in the real world. Yeah, has effectively been duplicated uh, in the in cyberspace. Mm.
1: But it also goes to um, show you some pretty shocking things. You would think that the power grids, network infrastructure, would not be connected to the internet.
0: Well, yeah, that does worry me a little bit. For crying out loud, yeah, it does worry <laughs> me a little bit. You don't have
1: important things like your power grid. Your water, your main utilities, your nuclear power stations, your what, you know, your military bases. You don't have their main networks, their main control systems internet enabled.
0: <laughs> so you just have a private network, right, across yes, across the country. Yes, it should be a
1: private network and there should be no connection whatsoever between that network and the internet. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how much easier it makes remote monitoring if you can remote monitor the power grid from a remote site using the internet I don't care how much easier that makes doing that it also makes it way easier to hack in <laughs> way yeah, that's, easier for that's somebody for sure. to get in there and look at it get in there and do something to it <laughs> you have those completely separate and if you need to remote monitor it you dial in
0: <laughs> well yeah <laughs> the best way to protect something on the internet is to disconnect from the internet the, exactly
1: that if, <laughs> if you want to have a network that is completely secure don't connect it to the internet
0: well almost completely secure i guess
1: well yeah that doesn't stop on-site intrusions yeah. but you know it stops the 15 old yeah. in the bay of plenty from hacking into your system
0: and running a script that he's downloaded from some security yeah. site or whatnot yep Reports also are showing that spam is at uh, record levels, which is no surprise, uh, yeah. although the interesting trend here is that they're saying the weakest link is in fact people, not software. Yep. You've been saying this all along, Brett.
1: I have. it. it <laughs> it's always the weakest link. You put a person in front of a computer, what is going to be the weakest link in that chain? It's going to be the person.
0: That's it's ca- going to be the person
1: how, yeah. who clicks on the link that they shouldn't have clicked on. It's going to be the person who opens the attachment they shouldn't have opened. It's going to be the person who gets confused by the dialogue boxes that a web page pops up and then just randomly clicks on the OK button that is presented to them.
0: And falls for it's, social engineering tricks, stuff like that.
1: Falls for yeah. all those social engineering tricks. And that is where all of these things are going. It's the the, the hackers are... Uh, Um, And malware creators, they're spending more time on working out ways to trick the end user into doing something than they are to work out a way of getting something to happen automatically through a floor in your computer Mm -hmm. because they can spend hours trying to find your unpatched – vulnerable piece of software or entry point onto your computer, or they can make you think you're the lucky one millionth viewer of the web page and you should click on this to win your prize.
0: Hey, I've been the millionth viewer <laughs> on a web page many times. Yeah, I, I am, the web I am
1: surprisingly, <laughs> oh, surprisingly commonly a one millionth or one thousandth or one hundred thousandth or prize winning visitor to a yeah. website. It's just
0: amazing. It's amazing how <laughs> you- many, <laughs> yeah. And you know what's scary is that you can't patch people. You can't patch people. You can you can't teach people, them.
1: <laughs> but that's not <laughs> that's not always going to work.
0: It's the only thing we can do, really, with people, and that's to educate them, but there's only so far you can go. Mm. You know, there is only
1: so far you can go. If somebody is particularly tired or, you know, not a very confident user of a computer and a web page that they've inadvertently got to throws up dozens of different boxes that look like other you know look like regular computer dialogue boxes with okay buttons and those sorts of things then
0: you're going to get it so
1: it's so yeah it's you've got to work around the people you've got to know that the people are going to be your weak link into your systems and you've got to work around that and that's what people should be focusing on not to say that you should not focus on patching vulnerable software and you know making sure that the (laughs) operating systems etc and web browsers aren't as secure as possible but for other developers of things they should be making sure they keep in mind that it's no matter how automated and wonderfully secure your system is, if the person behind it doesn't know what they should and shouldn't be doing inside that system, then you've got yourself a, a an entry point for all kinds of nasty.
0: Well, that's why we have you on the show. You were spot on all, all the way, and you know, this, this report <laughs> confirms that, so... Why well, we have you on the show, and the other point? Look, the other point that came out of this was that the infection rate has been determined at eight point six machines infected for every one thousand out there, which is very surprising because you hear other estimates being put out yeah. up to twenty five percent. I've heard yeah, one in yeah. four. This is this is eight point six, not percent. This is eight point six out of a thousand, so it's less than one percent. Hmm. I, uh, that seems quite low, really. It is. It 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 seems
1: low. Well, when you think about percentages, percentages can be mean anything, and one percent seems really low. But then you think that's one percent out of the global number of you know an estimated one percent out of the global number of PCs. And how many of those there are, are there?
0: Right. So that's a huge number. Yeah. How
1: many hundreds of millions, hundreds and hundreds of millions of PCs exist out there? And 1% of it's that is millions. how many? Yeah, it's still, still in the millions. There's millions yeah. of infected PCs out there making up botnets for sending out spam.
0: <laughs> so uh, there are, although the percentage is low, it's still quite a large number of infected computers out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is still a large number of infected computers, and that's with that large number of infected computers, you can still do an awful lot of damage. But I thought th- one, of the, one of the most interesting things was getting back to those that ways of getting infected. Yeah, the ways those machines were, were infiltrated, and how it's different when you look at the different countries around the world you think of russia and brazil and all of the other um china and everywhere korea all of the places which have you know all around the world um with infected machines but how those machines got infected the the different trends in this is how these machines get infected in this particular country because that's the way that their users use that's the way their population uses the internet and in another place it's a different way and in another place it's a different way i thought it was really really interesting
0: can you give us a rundown of the the data on that
1: in korea for instance it's uh, a a bunch of different viruses Uh, trojan viruses are really common but they're not common elsewhere and that's a common way for things to get infected in there in china it's malicious web browser modifications so you've Obviously, in China, they like to install different mods for their web browsers, and that's a way of getting infected there. In Brazil, it's um, online banks; online bank users are the, the the targets of the malware there. So it's it's really interesting. I thought.
0: Yeah, there there does seem to be quite a a range of different. Yeah, it's ways. it's all
1: part of that social engineering. Yes, and the malware creators, you know, targeting the social engineering. In specific populations, so I thought that was that's, it's really ingenious of the that the malware creators are taking on the social engineering. But the 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 you know people creating networks and systems and things have not have been slow to pick up on the fact that the the social engineering aspect of things should be taken into consideration when they're you know creating things.
0: Microsoft uh, are the ones who have come out with this, with this report. And there's actually a map that you can look at that shows infection rates across the world. It's effectively a, a map with different colors for different countries representing different levels of infection. It's very mm. interesting to see the hotspots being Brazil and Russia, pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the Brazil and Russia and and... and- in Turkey. But I thought the most interesting ones actually were the complete flip side, the places with the lowest. You're know, looking at places like Ethiopia and Mongolia and. Mm-hmm. Japan, surprisingly, yeah, Japan Japan's is the one very- that surprised me. Is Japan has one of the lowest rates of malware detection by region.
0: They all use Macs over awesome. there. They all use oh. Macs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> must do, must do. <laughs> but no, you're not right. To it's- say that Macs are, you know, yeah. immune to malware, we know that no, they're, certainly they're just not. But But I thought that was very interesting, interesting, the places that were green. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and in fact, if you look at the the, the map, it's actually not very intuitive. You'd actually think certain countries would have similar levels and they're quite different. For example, if you look at some of the other countries with low rates, you're looking at Canada, you're looking at Australia and New Zealand, a lot of Africa, quite a lot of Scandinavia – and also parts of South America like Chile and Argentina. And mm-hmm. they, there's really not a lot of common a lot of things in common with those countries. India as well is, is one of those as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, 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 it's kinda of counterintuitive. Counter
1: yeah. Maybe it's about the, the, the social engineering around those areas and they haven't quite they haven't quite nailed it there, the malware creators.
0: The the US has a, a fair bit more than mm. uh, than Canada. <laughs> which is <laughs> yes. interesting because Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: thought that was quite interesting, yeah, they, quite a big jump from Canada's um, region to the, the, the Americas.
0: And as you uh, go further south into sense. Mexico, it's, it's quite high as well. It so gets
1: up higher there and then it's, you know, starts to peter out around the you know, those fringe areas. Places like, well, what is that one in there? About? Bolivia, I think that one is. is green, so yeah, has very low rates. It's
0: It is kind of weird.
1: Right next to Brazil with a nice bright color of very high rates.
0: Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive.
1: Yeah, it is kind of counterintuitive. But you could also think that perhaps the places with higher rates are the places where – well, let's think about it for a second. If you're a malware creator – what area or what region's social characteristics are you going to know the most about? Well, your own. Exactly. So could this well be also a map of oh. where most of the stuff comes from?
0: You you might you might be onto something there. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an interesting there would be an interesting research paper actually. It would. It would. Very interesting research topic.
1: Well, uh, if one of our listeners out there is involved in any sort of research uh, within this sort of area, then that's something we'd like to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Drop us a line. Well, uh, well, that is pretty much our four out of four stories, Brett, for the week. Not ah, it's
1: been a very <laughs> slow Easter week.
0: It, ha- well, it has been, yeah. So, uh, oh, look, I'm, I'm very much chocolated out. I don't want to see another chocolate egg again. Or a chocolate bunny. <laughs> in fact, any chocolate. Enough.
1: <laughs> and how long will that last this time? Okay, probably a couple of days. <laughs>
0: hey. It's always the way. You know, We say that yep. now, but in a couple of days I'll be stuffing my face with chocolate again because they'll mm. all be on special. Indeed. It'll be brilliant. half the price, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the perfect time to get your Easter eggs, hey, just, Easter egg fix, right after Easter when they're all on discount.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like the days between Christmas and New Year are the best days to do your Christmas shopping. Exactly. <laughs> Not that I do that. But I, no, either. It would make I, good I, am a,
1: I am a you know, committed last-minute shopper.
0: Oh, are you? Yeah, yep. I try every year to get more and more organized for Christmas shopping, and I haven't been too bad. I certainly am, haven't gone back to the old ways of, I think, what you you, you seem to be doing. And that's uh, very, very last minute shopping. Sometimes their last business day before Christmas. <laughs> is that you, is it? Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, the crowds,
1: <laughs> the queues. I, I like the atmosphere. It's a nice atmosphere. It's Yeah, the actually,
0: I, I, that's true. I don't mind the atmosphere. It's kind of nice. And all but, uh, of the different
1: places, you know, some of them will have different things on for that last year, the last day of shopping, the huge rush.
0: Yeah, but it's nicer to enjoy the atmosphere when you know you don't have the pressure of having to actually buy something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. True, true, yes, yes. Doesn't always turn out that way. So look, hey, Brett, thank you very much for hosting episode 12 with me. It's been, it's been really good.
1: Yeah, not a problem.
0: So that wraps up episode 12. And we'll see you all again next week. Bye-bye. See you later.